You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogu, and this is going to be the third and final meeting between the Saints and the Buccaneers for the 2020 season. And of course, it comes in the divisional round now. Back in week nine, I tweeted... I had a sense that these two teams can meet again. And you kind of had that feeling with the way that the playoff picture was shaping out and the way that this kind of went out. It kind of had that vibe to 2017 when the Saints played the Panthers three times and the first two were blowouts and then the third time around they meet in the playoffs. So I kind of was getting a similar sense with this Saints-Buccaneers series. It is here. It is the talk of the week. It's by far, in my opinion, the most intriguing matchup that the divisional round has to offer And why shouldn't it be? It's Drew Brees, it's Tom Brady, it's two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game in what could be the only time we ever see them play each other in the playoffs. Unfortunate, probably should have happened back then, but, you know, refs got to be messing up games left and right. But um, there's a lot to talk about. And for this one, the main narrative you're going to hear, and you've probably heard it all so many times, and you don't want to hear me say it right now, but people are saying you can't beat a team three times in one season. Or you're hearing Brady will not lose to the same team three times in one season. And the final one, and this is probably the one that you heard back in week nine, the Buccaneers are not the same team that they were back then. Those are the three narratives I'm hearing. It doesn't matter if it's NFL Network, FS1, ESPN. You go on a different network, it will be there. And I think it's because it's Tom Brady. That's the guy they're going to defend, the golden boy of the NFL for the last two decades. So I get that. I really do get that. On the other hand, this is not one of those games where just because it's the third meeting, the third time is a charm, and that means the Buccaneers automatically win. That narrative alone should be wiped out because when the two teams who played each other twice already played for a third time, out of 32 times, the team that swept the two regular season meetings won 20 times the third time around. So 20 divided by 32, I'm not too sharp at math right now. But what does my math tell me? 10 divided by 16, what does that get us to? Like 65%? Okay, so 65% of the time, let's say, the team that won the first two meetings is winning the third meeting. So that narrative is false. Now, for the Brady thing, Tom Brady has played poorly against the Saints. Do I imagine he'll play poorly against the Saints a third time? No, I don't. I really don't. Again, because it's fool me one time, shame on you, fool me twice, can't put the blame on you, fool me three times. I really don't think it's going to happen. I really just don't see him playing poor for a third straight game against the Saints. I just can't envision it. But this idea, just because it's Tom Brady in the playoffs, it doesn't just automatically mean the Saints are going to lose that game. If that's the case, then they shouldn't show up on Sunday at the Superdome because they don't have a chance, if that's what people are thinking. And what's really important is that we have to remember the structure around him right now. So the Buccaneers roster is loaded. Anyone who thinks otherwise, you're out of your mind. This is a really talented team on defense, great weapons offensively. They have a lot of talent. But this is not like the Patriots situation. Bill Belichick is not on the opposing sidelines. Now, might I add that Bruce Arians is a very good coach. I need to throw that out there. He's been good with the Steelers. He's been good with the Colts. He's been good with the Cardinals. He's been good with the Buccaneers. But Bruce Arians is not Bill Belichick. So I think that is worth adding. Like, Tom Brady is great. No one's taking that away. They did beat Washington in the first round, and they looked good offensively, 31 points, good performance. But on the other hand, it's like Bill Belichick ain't coming in either. So the coaching mismatch advantage Saints because, look, I get it. Bruce Arians is a good coach. Sean Payton is a better coach than Bruce Arians, though. I do not think that is even a debatable 
thing to say. I think that's a fact, okay? And even if Brady is playing better than Drew Brees right now, and I do think he is, the coach advantage goes to the Saints. So these are some of those narratives that you're going to hear. I'm not here to debunk every single one, but I'm here to tell you that if you're sitting here all nervous because the Saints and the Bucks are playing a third time, the third time is not the number that should matter the most to you. It's the matchup that should matter, how the Buccaneers are looking right now, how the Saints are looking right now, stuff like that. Because if the Saints lost to the Bears in the first round, the Bears would have went on to play the Packers, and they would have played the Packers for the third time this season. There would not be a single person on God's green earth that would pick the Packers to lose to the Bears because, oh man, it's the third time. You got to watch out for the third time. No, the third time would not magically save the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. Just like the third time would not be the reason why the Buccaneers would win. The reason why the Buccaneers would win would be maybe because of adjustments. Maybe now they play man coverage instead of zone coverage like they did last time. Maybe the blitzes hit home. The defense forces a couple of turnovers. Tom Brady and the offense figure it out against Dennis Allen's defense. Those would be reasons. Saying that it's the third time is not a reason because that, ain't, that, that just doesn't make any sense, okay? The Saints played the Panthers three times in 2017. The first two times were double-digit victories. The last time came down literally to the last drive, and thank you, Von Bell, for that game-winning sack on a blitz. If that wasn't the case, maybe the Saints lose that game. But it was a similar story. Everyone said Cam Newton's not going to lose three times. Everyone said you're not going to beat the same team three times in the playoffs. And the funniest thing about that was the Saints were bound to play someone three times that year. It was either the Falcons or the Panthers. So pick your poison. They were going to face someone three times in the wild card round. Now, the Panthers looked much better because the third time around, you know the team inside out. You know everything they do. They know everything you do. And that's why the games are usually close. And I'm telling you for now, I'm not going to my score prediction yet, but I'm telling you, one possession game. And I feel very, very confident that's going to be a one possession game. Either way, regardless of who wins, one possession. The Panthers made adjustments. The Panthers made plays down the stretch that they weren't making the first two times around. And that's why the final score of that game was 31-26, I believe. But the Panthers didn't lose that game because, oh, it was just the third time. The Saints were the better team, just like the Saints were the better team the first time, just like the Saints were the better team the second time. So throw that out to the side. I'm telling you, throw out the regular season games and look at it as 0-0 versus 0-0. No one's got a win on the schedule, and if you want to say they have a win, 1-0 for each of them because they got out of the wild card round. That's the way you should look at this game. Don't tell me that you can't beat a team three times. Don't tell me that Tom Brady's not going to lose to the same team three times because coming into this year, guys, Tom Brady never got swept by a division opponent. Now, I'm again, things change. I get that, but history is also meant to be broken. So if you think that he can't lose to the same team three times, he very well might on Sunday. You just don't know. But these narratives that are floating around are a little ridiculous. I go on these shows and I listen to them and I hear Michael Robinson, a former fullback, say, there's no shot that the Saints beat the Buccaneers. Where do you come up with that? Where do you... Now, I have no problem with people picking the Buccaneers. Their roster's talented. They're looking really good lately. Tom Brady's playing good football. Those are reasons to pick the Buccaneers. Absolutely. But to say that the Saints have no shot makes literally no sense. No sense whatsoever. So I find that a little bit absurd. But again, it's Tom Brady. I understand why they do it. It happens. And here's the deal for the Saints. You want to stop hearing this? Beat them again and go get your respect again. That's the only way this nonsense stops. And even then, they'd probably come up with an excuse. But at the end of the day, they can make all the excuses you want. You would know, one, it's your division. Two, you swept them. And three, they're on the couch while you're still playing. So if the Saints want this madness to end, if Saints fans want all this madness to end, just win the game on Sunday, and that's it. I don't give a shit about any excuses they'll make the following days. Just win. 
It's that simple. Now, what goes into who's going to win this game? The factors for this injury report always matters. Who's going to be available? For the Saints, it wasn't the worst injury report, but it also wasn't the best injury report, might I add. So there are issues, but let's address them. So who did not participate in Wednesday's practice? Patrick Robinson with a hamstring injury. Taysom Hill with a knee injury. Latavius Murray with a quad injury. All pretty big names, and here's why. Patrick Robinson's not going to start even if he's healthy, but he gives the Saints a good option. He's a good depth piece. He's a veteran. He knows, you know what to expect from Patrick Robinson. Not having him would be unfortunate. I, I, I look, no one has said anything about his status right now. The fact that it's quiet means it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Right now, you're in the state of limbo, though. No one knows. So let's just kind of look at this game as if P-Rob's not playing. That makes life a little bit easier for us. Now we get to Murray and we get to Hill, and these are the big ones. Taysom Hill, although he did not participate on Wednesday, this is how I view it. No one's really talked about it, but this is how I see it. Taysom is a tough son of a bitch. And if that guy can play football on Sunday, he's going to play football on Sunday. So I envision Taysom doing everything that he can to make sure he plays on Sunday. And the Saints are going to need Taysom because Taysom, when he's in there, there's a lot that you have to count for. And remember, when the Saints played the Bucs the second time around, Taysom Hill literally did a little bit of everything. And I'm not kidding. He literally did a little bit of everything in that game. He had 48 passing yards. He had 54 uh, rushing yards. And he had 21 receiving yards. Literally did a little bit of everything. So the Saints can use Taysom Hill in this game. Absolutely. Hopefully he's healthy. I hope that this was kind of a, uh, a day to give him maintenance on that knee, figure it out. Thursday's injury report will let us know more, as will Friday's. I think it's way too early to start ruling guys out, obviously. But look, these are important injuries. Now, Latavius Murray is the only one we got some clarity on. Ian Rappaport and Nick Underhill said that it's day to day. He's gonna try and everything. He's gonna try everything in his power to be ready for Sunday. But it's one of those you wake up and you see how you feel, and that's how you determine whether you're gonna play. So, what I think is gonna happen with Latavius probably doesn't participate tomorrow, or it's limited. And then Friday, you try to give it a limited go. So I th- I think the Saints will have at least one of Latavius and Taysom. I think Taysom's going to play personally. Again, I, I don't know. This is just me going off the fact that Taysom's a tough dude. And P-Rob, I have no clue. I genuinely have no clue. I'm going to say he doesn't play, but we'll see. Now, there was other guys on the injury report worth talking about. Jared Cook, back injury limited. Wouldn't stress about that too much, but worth just keeping an eye on. Teron Armstead, elbow injury limited. Same thing. This could be maintenance. This could be making sure your guys are healthy. And Teron's been playing the best football of his career lately. So, you got to give him a day or two to be limited to make sure that he balls out on Sunday. You go for it. So I have no problem with what's going on there. And then probably the biggest name on the injury report because his status might very well determine the game. Like, that's how important I think he is for this weekend. Trey Hendrickson, neck injury, limited participant. So that is good news for the Saints. Limited participant. He was a limited participant last week, so people are going to be Debbie Downers and say, oh, it might not happen. Now here's what's going on with the nerve, with the, the nerve injury that he has because it's a stinger. It's really a 24-hour thing. And it's, it's almost a day-to-day. If you wake up and it bothers you, you're not going to be able to perform. If you wake up and you're good, you're ready to go. And it kind of could flare up at any time. If the Saints play this smart and they figure it out, I think Trey Hendrickson plays on Sunday. But this thing can flip on a dime. I think Thursday and Friday's practices will let us know because if he can make through them and feel good, I think he's going to play Sunday. And you have to imagine that the Trey wants to play Sunday. You have to imagine. He's in a contract year. He's been so good against the Bucks this year. He wants to be out there. I mean, this is what you play for. You play for a chance to get into the NFC Championship game. Trey's got to be out there. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he is because he has had the Bucks number throughout this season. Now, for the Buccaneers, their injury report's not so bad. So you have Alex Kappa 
He's not playing. I don't even know why he's on the injury report. Maybe they're holding out hope that they make the Super Bowl and he can play, but he fractures ankle. He's not playing. They could rule him as did not, did not participate. He's out, guys. It's not happening. You have Ronald Jones, quad and finger injury, did not participate. That is a huge name to monitor. Um, there's not anything out yet as to whether or not Ronald Jones would play, and the, the way he sat out the Washington game kind of made me feel as if, you know, the Bucs kind of think that they could hold him out for the wild card round and then he'll be back for the divisional round. There's just a whole lot going on for that one. So too early to predict, too early to call on Ronald Jones. Then you had Jason Pierre-Paul, knee injury. I would not be worried about that at all. They've been doing this the whole year with him. He kind of gets that first day off, almost like a vet day, and then he practices the rest of the week. So I would not in the slightest, in the slightest, worry about JPP. I mean, obviously you worry about him being on the field, but if you're you're thinking he's not going to play, he's going to play. He has not missed a game this season. He'll be out there for them. Now they did have some limited participants. Carlton Davis with a groin injury. Mike Evans with a knee injury. Chris Godwin with a hip injury. So you know the drill, folks. Godwin and Evans are playing. Let's not beat around the bush. We know how this one goes. Star players always show up for these games, especially in the playoffs. So they'll be around town and we'll see what happens right there. So Let's get into things. Let's talk about what matchups are important, what storylines to follow. Let's dive into all that. Now, the main storyline for me, and it sounds crazy, but it's like starting to become a main storyline for me. How do the officials handle uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CJ Gardner-Johnson, CD Deuce, whatever you want to call him? How do the officials handle Gardner-Johnson? Bruce Arians came out today acting like he was the fucking police, basically saying the NFL officials did not handle the Bears game well, and they let it get out of control, and because of that, they cost the team an ejection. Man, that annoys the hell out of me, because Garner Johnson, you want to say he's annoying, I agree with you, he is annoying, but he's technically not doing anything wrong, folks. It's the NFL. If you cannot handle trash talk in the NFL, go find something else to do. It's, it's part of the game. So for Bruce Arians to come out there and say that the NFL did not handle that well, and because of that, the Bears got an ejection and it cost them. No, the Bears lost Anthony Miller because he lost his cool and punched Chauncey Garner in the face. That's why. It has nothing to do with the refs not controlling the game. CJ walked up to him, talked some trash. God knows what he said. I would love to know. But we don't know. But he didn't put any hands on him, and Anthony Miller decides to throw a punch. What do you think is going to happen, Einstein? I mean, for Bruce Arians to come out there It tells me one of two things. He's legit worried that one of his guys might lose their cool against Gardner Johnson. Or, and this is the scenario that aggravates the hell out of me, he is trying to get the NFL to officiate Gardner Johnson differently than they have been all season. And if that's the case, that's fucking bullshit. Because just because Tom Brady's on your team and it's the NFC Divisional round, we can't start making exceptions to the rules. I've noticed they're making exceptions to the rules all season for the Bucs, and I didn't say a damn thing, but now I'm going to say something because it's getting really aggravating. Gardner Johnson has never laid hands on someone. He's the dude that gets punched, okay? And yes, he's an instigator. You can go find an instigator on every NFL team. Are you going to start officiating them differently? No. We can't just start officiating guys differently because they're going up against Tom Brady. Boo fucking who? So Bruce Arians to come out there and do that, I think was one of the most lame things I've seen. And what makes it even worse is you know deep down, if Gardner Johnson steps a little bit out of line, he might get ejected because Bruce Arians had a bitch and moan to the officials, and now they're going to look at that. He's going to be under a microscope the whole game, and that's something that's concerning because a lot of people think Gardner Johnson's just there to get in opponents' heads, and look, that is his greatest asset, but Gardner Johnson's a damn good player too. 
He's played really good football this year, and he's improving on a week-to-week basis. So now he's got to watch what he does, and that's just nonsense. So I have a real big problem with Bruce Arians acting like he's the fucking police. A really big problem with that. And we're going to see on Sunday how they officiate it, but I swear to God, man, if they start officiating this differently, just tell us you want Brady versus Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, if that's what you do. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but if you go that route, you might as well just come out and say that's what you want. Because I noticed how the, the, the Bucks have a linebacker go on the COVID list for testing positive, but there's no close contacts, as if they didn't play a game on Saturday and he didn't test positive on Monday. How are there no close contacts? You know why. You know why. We're bending the rules. Why are we bending the rules? Because it benefits the team with Tom Brady. That's how this thing's going. The, the game's been played like this for the last 20 years and ain't going to change now, but it's just frustrating. So the Garner-Johnson thing for me is a legitimate storyline to follow because I'm telling you from now, the refs are going to officiate it differently. Mike Evans can punch Garner-Johnson in the head and they'll both get ejected. Heck, I don't even know if Mike Evans is going to get ejected. I know Garner-Johnson will get ejected for getting punched in the head. He wouldn't be throwing the punches. He'd get punched in the head. Because now people are taking notice of what Gardner Johnson's doing. Mind you, it is not wrong at all. It is part of the damn game. But it will be officiated differently. And you know that the Buccaneers have guys that will get in each other's faces. So, that comes into this. Mike Evans, he's has, he had a history with the Saints. Especially Marshawn Lattimore. Antonio Brown, you want to talk about not being stable. That man's a definition of being unstable. So, Antonio Brown could lose his cool. So, it, again, like I said, it's one of two things. Arians is trying to either get the officials to change the way they handle this or he's trying to let his guys know from Tuesday and Wednesday that you better not do something stupid when Garner Johnson comes for you. And I think it's the first one because I know how Arians rocks and Arians, that guy just tries to find some type of excuse or little thing he can complain about. It's all he does. He is literally a compulsive complainer and that's another one that he's going to do. Now, it's not the only storyline I want to watch. One of the storylines that I really want to follow for this one and it's one that we watch every single time the Saints play the Bucs. Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans. Usually, Lattimore wins this battle. And Lattimore will definitely win a good amount of reps on Sunday. And Mike Evans will probably win a couple of reps on Sunday as well. But I think this is a chance for Marshawn Lattimore to end any debate about how much money he should make. If Lattimore goes out there and locks down Mike Evans in the biggest game of the season thus far for this Saints team... No more debating about it. I don't want to hear that you don't think he's worth it. I don't want to hear that you have questions about his drive or his motor. If Marshall Latimer goes out and locks down Mike Evans all game long, you're paying him. You are giving him a Tredavious White deal, maybe a little bit more. I don't care because that would be yet again another example of him going in and him doing his job. He locked down the Bears receivers. He locks down Tyreek Hill. He locked down Justin Jefferson. He locked down DJ Moore. He's doing it now multiple weeks in a row because he's fired up, he's ready to go, and we'll see if he does it against Mike Evans. And Mike Evans is not at 100%. Now, I think Mike Evans was a little bit of a drama queen with his knee injury because, man, this guy was acting like Paul Pierce in the finals that he needed a damn wheelchair, but he is not at 100%. We can say that at least. So, lock his ass up. And I don't care. Mike Evans could go make excuses after the game, but if as long as the box score shows that he didn't have a big impact, that's all that matters. You go brag about that all bring. You you take a picture of that box score, you drop it off at Mickey Loomis's desk, and you say, I want my money. But you gotta come out and you gotta do it. Now I think he can, but that's something I want to watch. So we'll see what happens with Lattimore in that regard. Another storyline that I want to follow, and everyone's gonna follow it, it's a cliche one, but 
I got to mention it because it would be a disservice to you guys if I didn't mention it. This could very well be the last time we see Drew Brees in the Superdome. I'm not talking about win or lose because obviously if he loses, that's it. It's over. It's done. The era's over. And we'll cry about it. We'll figure it out. Whatever happens, happens. Even if they win, there's a good chance that they don't play the following round at home, which means this could be the last time that Drew Brees walks out of the tunnel at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. There will not be 60,000, 70,000 fans there to cheer him on. There'll probably only be 3,000 fans. We'll see if that gets upgraded in the coming days. Um, But it could be the very last time that we see Drew Brees in the Superdome. And if that doesn't hit you hard, I don't know what will as a Saints fan because this is the guy who has changed his organization. There's something special about this team. And I talked about it with Nader on Sports Overtime, and I'm going to say it again. Am I nervous about playoff games? Sure, but I'm nervous about every playoff game the Saints face. I'm nervous when they play the Vikings. I'm nervous when they play the Rams. I'm nervous when they play the Panthers or the Bears. doesn't matter who they play. I'll be nervous who they play regardless because as a fan, you just the thought of your season ending three hours after the game starts is upsetting and it's heartbreaking. But I would be lying to you if I didn't think there was something special about this team. And I don't know what quality it is. I don't know if it's the fact that they rarely have an identity, but they still find ways to win. I don't know if it's that they're, they grind out every game. They find new ways to win every time. They're very close-knit locker room. I don't know what it is, but there's something about this team that I didn't feel last year. I didn't feel in 2017. I did feel in 2018, but I think this team's actually better than the 2018 team. I'm serious. I, I think that highly of this team. There's something special about them that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Because there was something special about the Saints the last three years, too, and they didn't win. But there is something special about them. And it being Drew Brees' last year, I don't know if it adds a sense of urgency. I don't know if it puts them on the clock and says, man, we got to win for this dude. But it's a storyline. It is something to monitor. It is something to watch. Every possession, every play, every quarter. You kind of feel like that. you know the error is coming to an end. You're just hoping you can hold on a little bit longer, as long as possible. Obviously, what we want is two more games after this, and then that's it. You could close the book. If it gets to that fourth game, you close the book, and you are content with everything that happened, but we don't know yet. But it is definitely something to monitor, the fact that this could be the final time Drew Brees plays in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It is saddening. It's heartbreaking. It's bittersweet. If it comes with a win, it is absolutely bittersweet, but it is, without a doubt, something to monitor in this game. Now, before I get to my three keys to victory, because I will get to them just like I have every week, all I want to say about this game, this has to do with the Bucs, this has to do with the Saints, regardless of who wins it. I do not think this game will be a blowout. I do not. I don't think the Bucs are going to get blown out for a third time. If they do, that means they did not adjust, and that would be a shame on their coaching staff. And I think the Saints, the Saints are fighters. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of chances the Saints have had to get blown out this year and it just didn't happen because the Saints scrap and they claw. And for us, we think about it as, oh, they're giving us hope when we don't want it. But they're fighters. Had a chance to get blown out against the Eagles, didn't take it. Have a chance to get blown out against the Chiefs, didn't take it. Have a chance to get blown out against the Raiders or the Packers, didn't take it. Had a chance to get blown out by the Chargers when they were down 20-3, to came back and win. Down 14 nothing to the Lions, came back and win. The Saints are fighters. So I do not think the Saints will get blown out. The Bucks. You know, if they get blown out again, I will come on here and I'll do something nuts. I don't know what it'll be. I'll let you guys pick. If the, if whoever's listening right now, you hit me up on Twitter. If the Saints blow out the Bucks again, you can name some ridiculous thing I'll do on air and I'll let, I'll I'll have at it. I will have at it. 
and and whoever picks the most ridiculous thing you want me to do, if the Saints were to blow out the Bucks, I'll let you come on air to co-host the show for me for when we go for for the following week. That's how confident I am that the Saints will not blow out the Bucks. I'm very confident that the Saints will not blow out the Bucks. And if you're listening to this now and you're like, oh no, I think they're gonna hit me up on Twitter. Let's figure something out. We'll make it fun. I am willing to act an ass if the Saints blow out the Bucks. But I, I just don't think it's going to be a blowout in any capacity. I just think these two teams know what's at stake. The, the, they're going to take every possession as if it's their last. Every possession is going to be valued. And I also don't see Brady throwing three picks in a playoff game. I'm sorry. I just don't. I hope he does. But I don't see it. So we'll, we'll see what goes down on Sunday. But let's get into the keys to victory. Maybe I'll throw a bold prediction in there too. We'll see. But let's get to the first key. And it's by far and away... The one that I said the first time and the second meeting, and I'll say it again. Get pressure on Tom Brady with your front four. If you can do that, you are in a very good position to win the football game. It has been one of the known narratives. And this isn't a Brady thing. I love how people think it's a Brady thing. It is a pocket quarterback thing. If you can collapse the pocket on a pocket quarterback, where the hell are they supposed to go? The whole term pocket quarterback is because they live in the pocket. So if you disrupt that space, where the hell are they supposed to go? I can say the same thing about Breeze or Phillip Rivers or Big Ben. It's the same thing, but it's worth mentioning. So get pressure on Brady with the front four, with Hendrickson, Cam Jordan, Anyamata, Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport, and you're going to be in a good spot. And it is worth noting that, again, the Bucs are going to be playing with a backup right guard, they do have Ali Marpet for this one, which they didn't have week nine. That's a big boost for them because Marpet's one of the best in the game. But not having a right guard, a reliable right guard at least, the Saints can run some stunts on the right side. And if you can do that and you can get some pressure on Brady, especially collapsing the pocket from the interior, you're going to be in a really, really good spot. So I, I think the Saints can win in that department, but they got to come out and they got to want it. And I noticed that Sheldon Rankins looked pretty good in the wild card round. If Sheldon Rankins can start playing up to his original standard that he had pre-injury, you got Rankins and Anyamata causing trouble in the middle, and then you got Cam, and you got Hendrickson, and hopefully, for the love of God, Davenport makes a play, and I don't have any faith that he will, but you never know. I've seen stranger things happen. You will be in a good spot. But again, key number one, and the most important one, get pressure on Brady. Key number two, eliminate one of the three Tampa Bay wide receivers. And I literally mean eliminate them. And I don't mean bounty system. I mean wipe them off the box score. Whether it's Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or AB, take one of them out. I think the one you really want to take out is Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Because although Antonio Brown is playing really good football, the Bucs don't use him every snap like they do Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown is used in there for obvious passing situations because Brady feels comfortable with him, their timing's on, and it doesn't matter if it's third and long, third and short. Brady feels like if all else fails, he knows where he could put it with A.B. Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin are better receivers right now. They're more important. Godwin is that slot guy for them. He does everything. And Mike Evans, we know he does the deep ball. He's your red zone target. He does a hell of a lot. So if they can take one of those guys out of the game, I'd feel really good about that because I think Malcolm Jenkins can neutralize Rob Gronkowski, and I actually think Rob Gronkowski might not be used as a tight end as much and more as a blocker because of the O-line issues for Tampa Bay right now. Tampa Bay used Gronk as a blocker a lot against Washington. I think we could see more of that on Sunday against New Orleans. So can you take out Mike Evans? Or Chris Godwin, again, not physically, I mean in the box score. I need to add that. I am not Greg Williams over here saying go for the head, okay? Can you 
take one of them out of the box score and keep them out of the play. Because the one thing I noticed from the Bucks last week, Brady did he, completion percentage not great, 22 of 40, but a lot of big plays. 22 completions, 381 passing yards. Mike Evans, 19.8 yards per catch. Cameron Brait, 20 yards per catch. That's a guy you're going to have to watch this week. The Saints have to have a plan for him. Chris Godwin, 16 yards per catch. Antonio Brown, two catches, 24 and a half yards per catch. So, down the field, down the field, down the field. Got to find a way to take out one of those weapons or they are going to be able to find chunk plays. I know New Orleans defense has been playing well, but the Bucs have an embarrassment of riches. So, can you take one out? I think that's important. Third key, and this one is crucial. Again, my first key is the most important, but this one is, I would say, second. I'm putting it third. I don't know why, but I'm, I think it's second. Avoid a slow start offensively. The Saints cannot be sitting there like a guy on the stick shift not knowing what gear to kick it in. You better be ready to go and kick it into high gear the minute this game starts or else you can find yourself in a hole. The worst thing the Bucs did the second time around was they were down 14-0 in a blink of an eye. And they're like, oh shit, what the hell's going on? And before they knew it, it was 31-0. I'm not saying the Saints are going down 31-0, but what I'm saying is the Saints offense went into some type of rut against the Bears and that can't happen against the Bucs. They need to be better. The Bucs gave up 23 points to Washington, led by Taylor Heineke, who played his Heine off. Okay, pun intended. You got to be able to put up 30 on these boys. The Bucs defense is talented, but the Bucs defense does have a couple of flaws. Sometimes they blitz too much, it comes back to bite them. Sometimes they play too much zone, that comes back to bite them. If they play man, Deontay Harris could make a big play this weekend. Michael Thomas could make a big play this weekend. So there are ways to beat this defense. But you have to avoid the slow start. I feel like the Saints, and we're going to get the feel early. I, I tell you guys this every time. You know what kind of game the Saints are going to play from the moment that game starts. They kind of let you know, and it's frustrating, but they do. Was the Bears game a tune-up, or was it a case of the offense having legit issues? Personally, I think it was a tune-up. And why I say that is because they missed that touchdown on the Drew Brees dive. They missed a field goal. The Saints should have had over 30 points against the Bears. They missed some opportunities. And they also coached a little conservative in the first half. I don't know if I would do that against Tampa Bay. I'd maybe be a little bit more aggressive, but you see how the game script goes. But you got to avoid a slow start. You start slow against the Bucs, and you play from behind. That's not what you want. I'm not saying you can't come back. You absolutely can. But you don't want to be that team that's down 14-0 in the first quarter because your offense can't figure it out. Because then your defense presses, your defense tired, then your offense has to eliminate the run game. And that's not what you want. That is a losing formula. So avoid a slow start offensively and I think if they can do that I think the Saints will be in good hands now you're all sitting and wondering who am I predicting for this game you've heard enough people pick the Bucks, and you'll probably hear more people pick the Bucks from now until kickoff Fox's crew will probably go all Bucks. I hope they do but I'm gonna pick the Saints and I, I it's not even a gut like I don't have a gut feeling that the Bucks are gonna win uh it's more of a nerve thing because hey what if they get a lucky call at the end of the game but I Put it this way. I don't care that it's the third time. I think the Saints are a better team. They've been a better team all year. Why can't they be a better team for this one game? And if they didn't do it before where they beat the same team three times, yeah, maybe I'd be a little bit nervous. But even then, it's again, it's a different scenario. But I know the Saints can do it. They've done it before. Why can't they do it again? And with this team, if Trey Hendrickson's playing, I believe the defense will be the difference. I believe the defense is going to be able to make plays when they have to. 
But that's if Hendrickson plays. Hendrickson's got to be out there. I can't stress that enough. Hendrickson's just no Hendrickson, no pass rush, no pass rush, long day, and Tom Brady gets to make a lot of big plays. It's that simple. Sounds like a baby formula for five-year-olds. I'm telling you, it's legit. No Trey, no pass rush, no pass rush. Brady throws around the park. That simple. Trey Hendrickson plays. I think the Saints will get pressure on Brady. And if they get pressure on Brady, I think it allows the back end to do their job in coverage, which they've been doing so excellently this year. And if you can get pressure on Brady and you force him into a bad throw, and again, this comes down to Trey playing, but if you can get pressure, I think Janoris Jenkins can jump around for a pick. I think Marcus Williams can jump around for a pick. I think one of the DBs, if they get pressure on Brady, can force that game-changing turnover that swings the tides. But you need to have the pass rush. But I think Hendrickson will play, in my opinion. And because of that, I'm going to go Saints 31, Bucks 27. And there's one more thing that makes me feel like I have to do this. I saw today, going through it again, this is Wednesday night recording, Devin, Devin White said he's more focused on getting the next round than facing Drew Brees in his possible last game. And he quotes, but if it is his last game, I need to get a pick and I need to sack him. That's something I got to come through with. I got to make a playoff Drew Brees. And then went off and said he's going to make a statement in the Superdome. Devin White's words. Going to make a statement in the Superdome. He's going to pick off Drew Brees. He's going to sack Drew Brees. All right, that's fine. You could talk on this fine Wednesday all you want. It's Drew Brees' last game in the Superdome. I'm not picking anyone else. I'm going to ride with nine until the wheels fall off. If the wheels fall off this Sunday, it happens. If they don't, we live to see another day, and the ride continues for at least one more weekend. But it's his last game. You poke the bear. His last game in the Superdome, you better be ready. And let me tell you something about Devin White. I know you folks love LSU, and I know Devin White's a good player. Devin White cannot cover Alvin Kamara in a phone booth. And if they get into a situation where Kamara is going to be locked up against Devin White one-on-one, I'm telling you, Send that boy on a wheel route, and Devin White's going to be regretting the comments that he made because he will be looking around while Kamara's in the end zone dancing with his cleats on. So Devin White can talk, and that's cool. I hope he chats a little bit more because I would not poke the bear. It's his last game. I think this is going to be one where he'll be able to channel his emotions. And again, I've said it this whole season because people were ready to abandon this team when they are one and two, and I refused to do it. I refused. And you guys remember I literally said I, I will not do it I feel like there is something special about this team. And maybe it comes and it bites me in the ass and I fall flat on my face and this team, once again, loses in heartbreak fashion. And maybe it, maybe that happens. But it's Drew's last year. I'm ready to fucking ride. And I'm going to ride with number nine until the wheels fall off. And we'll see when the hell that happens. But I hope and I don't think it will be this weekend if Trey Hendrickson plays. I think the Saints are going to be ready. I think they win. And if the Saints win, I'm going to do a cool giveaway on Twitter for you folks. A, a big giveaway. I'm talking a Big-ass giveaway. Um, so you better hope that the Saints win this game. Obviously not just for them getting to the next round, but I want to do this cool giveaway. I think it'd be something fun to do. Um, so if the Saints end up winning, look out for a giveaway. More importantly, look out for another fun week of talking about another playoff game and basically trying to stretch this last ride for Drew Brees. But we're going to see what's going to happen. It's probably his final game in the Superdome. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a great battle between two future Hall of Famers, two legends, but let's hope the Saints come out on top. Let's hope they can get past the Buccaneers, sweep them, and punch their ticket to the NFC Championship game. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, guys. I appreciate you for listening. If you're nervous about this game, try and just stay calm. I, I know it's not easy to do. Just enjoy whatever time we got left with this team. This has been a special and fun team. Hopefully, it'll last one more week. We'll see what happens. But again, appreciate you guys for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple's. On Apple, Apple's. 
I don't know what I'm saying. I have a long day here. But Apple, folks, uh, make sure to leave a review as well. And I will hope to see you on Sunday night or Monday. I'll periscope if they win. We'll see what happens. But I hope to have a Victory Monday podcast yet again. So thank you. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. And let's hope the Saints can punch their ticket to the NFC Championship.